So let's open up a word of prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, for this Friday evening. Father, indeed, we thank you for the uh, cooler weather that we have been experiencing. And we pray that if there's any uh, other folks who are on their way here tonight, that you would certainly uh, just grant them uh, safe passage here. We thank you, Lord, that we're able to gather together uh, as your people and uh, to worship you, uh, to um, listen to your word. And so we pray, Lord, that as much as we hope to uh, be blessed tonight, that you would equally uh, uh, be blessed by uh, our service and our worship of you. In your name we pray. Amen. First song we're going to sing together is God of this city. So let's imagine and picture our country and the citizen and we as Christians are supposed to be the salt and light of the earth. And you can do that by helping to affect our country just by being a light in your own life. So let's think about that as we sing God of the City and meditate on that fact.
The next song we're going to sing together is From the Inside Out. And as we sing this song, let's truly ask God to change us from the inside out because we know we can't do it by ourselves. We know it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us as Christians. So let's truly make this a prayer tonight and ask God to change us from the inside out. Thank you, hypostatic, 
Um, let's just pray before, uh, before we begin. Uh, Father, Lord, we, uh, we just simply, uh, thank you as we celebrated Thanksgiving, uh, yesterday. Uh, we certainly thank you, Lord, that we are able to, uh, sing praises to your name. Uh, you are certainly more than deserving of them all. And so, I do pray, uh, as the, the songs we, we sang that, uh, we would have a, a truly, a everlasting, uh, resolve to, uh, praise you, uh, certainly, uh, from the inside out. And, and, and our prayer is that, uh, you will receive our praises as uh, just sweet, savoring um, offerings um, that bring you delight. And now, Father, as we get into your word, uh, I simply pray, Lord, that you would uh, convict our hearts and that you would uh, allow us and give us the uh, the wisdom of how to apply what we hear. And and for me, I just pray that I would be able to speak clearly and, and accurately and that anything that is not of you will certainly fall to the floor and that your word alone will go forth. And as you name me pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Alright, so tonight, tonight I would, I wasn't really compelled to speak generally on Thanksgiving, although, you know, yesterday was Thanksgiving, today is Black Friday, um, uh, but you know, I just really wasn't compelled to speak on, like, Thanksgiving topic type thing, and, and I'm still, uh, I'm not. However, I thought of the, you know, I just thought of like the aspects of my relationship with Christ that um, that I can be thankful for, and and then I realized, you know, as believers, there's so many things for us to be thankful for in our relationship with Christ, and like continually, not just you know around Thanksgiving, like just day by day, you know, uh, the fact that you know He He gives us life, uh, the fact that you know He protects us, the fact that he is our comfort, the fact that we experience mercy and grace and forgiveness, uh, when we certainly don't deserve it. So there's a lot of things as believers for us to uh, be perennially uh, thankful to the triune God for. And then after, you know, just further thought and prayer, you know, I was just really led to First Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 16. So if you have your Bibles, and you, you should, uh, you can turn there if you have your touch screen uh, devices, you can turn to as well. First Timothy uh, chapter 1, uh, verses 12 through uh, 16. Oh, and, or you can look up and it's right there. Uh, thank you, media crew. All right, so let's, let's just read it through and then we'll look at uh, uh, each verse. So First Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses 12 through 16. I'll read it through and then we'll go right back up to um, verse 12. I thank Christ, and this is Paul speaking, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, pulling me into service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. Verse 14, and the grace of our Lord 
as was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. Yet, for this reason, I found mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. So verse 12, Paul says, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into his service. So Paul thanks God for three things, right? First thing we see for strengthening him. Um, second thing we see for considering him faithful. And the third thing we see is for, you know, putting him into service. And so the important thing that I, I want us to see here is that when God reveals his plan for our lives, for whatever season we're in, he will enable us to fulfill it. And further, you know, God strengthened Paul, right? So knowing that Paul would be faithful and trustworthy, uh, he strengthened him according to what he had called him to do. And so, and thus, you know, God put Paul into service for him. So God will accomplish his plans for our lives according to his power and his will. And, it, and it's, it's real cool to see how Paul starts off with this. First, you know, this verse uh, in verse 12. And then he goes into verse 13. And, and then we get to see how, like, you know, why Paul is expressing his gratitude for God choosing him, strengthening him, and giving him the ability to, to serve him and to consider him faithful. In verse 13 it says, it reads, Even though I was formerly a blasphemer, and a persecutor, and you know, a blasphemer, uh, particularly in the, uh, let's say, Christian religious arena, uh, you know, it's, one, it's irreverent speech uh, towards God, um, or the femur. Uh, but as I was formerly a, a, a blasphemer, and a persecutor, and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. No matter what we've done in our past, and we've all done things that we're not, you know, proud of, right? But no matter what we've done in our past, we can all still experience God's mercy. And God's grace is more than sufficient to save us from our sins. And the thing is, the enemy would try to deceive or create doubt in our minds to make us think that, oh, no, 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 no. You know, you know, don't listen to the whole forgiveness talk. God is not going to forgive you for that thought you had. God is not going to forgive you for uh, uh, the thing you did at school. God is not going to forgive you for what you did when your parents weren't home. You know, God is not going to forgive you for what you said to that person. No, no, no. You know, don't don't fall into the trap that Satan will uh, create in your mind and that doubt that ah, no, 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 you're you're not worthy for forgiveness. Not not you. Um, that is absolutely. Untrue, and we see that uh, in First John one night, in First John uh, chapter one verse nine, and this is the uh, New Living Translation. It says, "But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all uh, wickedness." 
What I find fascinating is that as Christians, we sometimes wonder why believers live the way they do, right? Or why they say the things they say. And, and I too, many times become unsettled and say, you know, like, just why, why are they doing that? You know, like, why is that person just wasting their lives away from party to party? You know, from sleeping with one partner to another partner, from just, just truly just no direction. You know, like why? You know, because they don't seem like they see where their life is headed. But even with that observation, I think many times, like myself, I, uh, as believers, we uh, don't realize that they're not aware of the reality that they're living in. You know, they're living in darkness. And the lifestyle to them is acceptable. And the thing is, they just don't understand what is wrong with it. And, and we have been there if we're believers now. You know, we, because without the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you know, the scales of sin that, you know, just form calluses over our eyes, uh, won't, won't be removed. But when we are convicted by the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, you know, we, we actually get to see the light and, and see the direction that God would want us to go in. And so Paul said, you know, after in verse 13, said, even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. Now, Paul has given a personal account here, right? And so all of us may not be able to relate exactly to what Paul um, is saying uh, personally, right? But we have all our different struggles, vices that we go through. But Paul has given a, a, his personal account here, and he said, I acted, I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And ignorantly in the original language... Uh, gives meaning to not to know, to be uninformed, uh, to be unaware. And if you know the history of Paul, and if you don't, I would just encourage you to read it on your own time. You know, Paul thought persecuting the Christians, putting them into prison, uh, 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 even uh, orchestrating events for them to even be murdered, you know, he thought that he was doing right, right? He he was motivated and zealous in his persecution of the church. Right? He thought that he was actually uh, uh, doing good. And, and of course, it wasn't until, and we all know the road to Damascus conversion, uh, that Paul, at that time, who was Saul, experienced. And, and so he says, you know, I acted ignorantly in unbelief. Uh, but be careful to know that the action itself is not unknown. You know, the action is deliberate. Uh, but the thing here is the moral scope, uh, however, uh, was blurred because of that non-convicted heart. And when there's a lack of conviction, unbelief continues. Uh, and that conviction there, you know, gives meaning to, you know, exposure, you know, bringing to light. And, and this is one of the workings of the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, which is stated by Jesus in the Gospel of John. And, and that's John 6, 16, 7, verse 9, and I'll just read it for you. 
And Jesus says, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, which is the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him, the Holy Spirit, to you. And he, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe. So if there's a a lack of conviction, we see where unbelief continues. And and we see where sometimes those who are unaware, who are ignorant to the lifestyle they're living, will continue to live that that lifestyle. And and Paul is just expressing his gratitude that, wow, I was shown mercy, because this is where I was once. Um, I'm seeing verse 14, and not only he is thankful that he received mercy, but he says, and the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. So we see in verse 13, Paul was shown God's mercy. And here in verse 14, we see God's grace coupled along with this mercy, uh, which was more than abundant. And this phrase, more than abundant, gives meaning to extraordinary abundance. You know, it's incomparably abundant than any given quantity, right? So you, you can't measure the amount of grace uh, well, that God has. And so this um, abundant grace is associated with faith and love that is found in Christ Jesus, right there at the uh, end of verse 14. So it is through Christ that we experience God's grace and his mercy. And the faith that we've been given is by extension of God's love, which is all rooted in Christ Jesus. And so Paul further qualifies this assertion, you know, of his brief testimony that we see in verses 12 and verse 13, and verse 15 where it reads, It is a trustworthy statement deserving some acceptance. This is a some? What? Full, right? It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save saints. No? Not, no, he didn't come to save saints? Right? It says, to save sinners among whom I am foremost of all. So Paul prefaced verse 15 with uh, this, you know, conclusive affirmation of the work of Christ, the Savior, right? And he starts with it, this is a trustworthy statement. Uh, and that trustworthy statement is something that's faithful, dependable, it's reliable, you know, it's full of assurance. And, and since it is reliable, dependable, and full of assurance, uh, it, it's worthy of full acceptance. And the whole idea there is to come to believe something to be true. And not only to come to believe something is true, but to also respond accordingly uh, to that truth. And that reliable truth that should be received by all peoples is this. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And I truly believe that, you know, we all here can join in with that same sentiment that Paul express as far as him being the chief sinner, you know, you know, like he has the foremost, and that's the idea that you know the, 
crime first, uh, you know, uh, the, the mean uh, uh, sinner. And, and I'm sure that, you know, on, and, 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 may, and we may not be there right now, uh, but I'm sure that we can all look at our lives and be like, ah, oh, man, you know, I'm really not deserving of God's grace and his mercy. You know, really not deserving of Christ coming to die for my sins, you know. And, and, and if you think that, oh, no, 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 you know, I'm kind of deserving of that, you know, I'm, I'm good, you know, then you have to, you have to reevaluate yourself, right? Because, because none of us are. And, you know, we've all fallen short of, of, uh, God's glory. And so Paul is just expressing something so personal that, and again, if we look back in Paul's life and he's using himself as an example, you know, he's the one that persecuted the church. You know, and Jesus' words, even to him on the road to Damascus, was like, why are you persecuting me? You know, so, so Paul just felt such a, an undeserving uh, emotion of, you know, you know, I have experienced, have been shown mercy and experienced grace, but I was a, a blasphemer. You know, I was a persecutor. You know, I was an aggressor. Um, you know, he's saying, like, you know, I was the chief of sinners, but yet um, I experienced God's mercy and his grace. And, and for that, um, I'm thankful. So my prayer and my hope for my life and, and your life is that it will be a clear testimony uh, to the full plan of salvation that God has prepared. So that those who take notice of our life, as imperfect as it is, uh, we we'll still see Christ's perfect patience and demonstrated towards us. And, and hopefully that that would be the evidence of us receiving um, and believing in Christ um, and the work in which he has accomplished for us. And this is what Paul expressed in verse 16 as I uh, begin to wrap up. In verse 16 he says, Yet for this reason... I found mercy so that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. As Paul is saying, you know, I was an example. You know, if you wanted any example of, you know, We've heard in different uh, uh, expressions, you know, the vilest offender. You know, if you want any example of how incredible uh, the love, the patience of Christ is, you know, I'm an example. And my, and my prayer and my hope is that we'll be able to, you know, say the same thing in our own communities, our own pair groups that, you know, I'm an example of God's perfect patience. You know, I've been shown mercy. I've experienced his abundant grace. You know, I, and whatever it is, you know, I, I slept around. I lied. I cheated. I, I, I gossiped about people. I, yeah, I spread lies about people. I, you know, was rebellious against my parents. Whatever it is, and be like, although, that's my past, what I did. I was shown mercy. 
or experience grace. Um, and all of that, you know, rooted in faith and love in Christ Jesus. Because the only reason sinners, the only reason sinners find mercy and grace is due to the sacrificial work Jesus accomplished on the cross, what he affirmed in his resurrection, and what he continues to sustain by and through the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And so as believers tonight, we have something to be eternally thankful for. And if there's anyone here who maybe has not yet placed, you know, their faith in Christ, you actually have something to become eternally thankful for by confessing your sins to Christ by acknowledging to him that you accept what he came to do, dying on a cross for your sin, he rose from the grave, so that as you place faith and trust in him, you can have eternal life, uh, uh, eternal life where you experience freedom from sin and death. You know, the promise of being with him and the Father in eternity. And... Nothing greater we can be thankful for as believers after receiving the mercy, the grace, an extension truly of God's um, unfathomable love um, through his son, Jesus Christ, who came into the world to save sinners. And so I can join in, and I'm sure and I hope we all can join in to say for this reason, Paul said, I found mercy and grace. Amen. Father, we echo this, this sentiment that Paul expressed truly under your direction. We thank Christ Jesus, our Lord who has strengthened us because he considered us faithful, putting us into service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. And this is truly a trustworthy statement, deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom we are the foremost of all. Yet for this reason, Father, we who are now believers, for this reason, we found mercy so that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. So, Savior, we, we thank you uh, uh, that you've created the, the avenue for us to uh, be able to be in service uh, unto you. 
that you have given us the strength to serve you uh, as you call us. Uh, and certainly, Lord, beyond that, we certainly just thank you for uh, the mercy and grace that uh, has been shown and has been poured out uh, through you. And we could never, ever uh, grow weary of expressing our thanks for you. And, and so with that, my prayer is that our lives will certainly reflect that, that we would um, seek to be so uh, satisfied in you so that you too would be so equally uh, glorified in us. And so you know, your name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen.